Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. still in session for some districts, uh, HISD, Houston ISD for one, being one of the larger ones, but I'm finally out of school. Uh, really want to thank the Fort Bend family, all the people in Fort Bend, you know, spending the last seven years there for, or excuse me, eight years there, uh, and my wife being there for 12. It was awesome. You know, it was really great. It was a really great experience. I made friends that I would have never made. Had it not been for Fort Bend, I took leaps that I would have never made. Had it not been for Fort Bend, I was in leadership positions. I am in leadership positions. I'm, do, I'm doing this podcast, and mostly because of Fort Bend. Um, created, produced an entire award show for a district. You know, had a great, great time. So I want to thank everybody. Uh, too many names to name, but uh, my time is done. And uh, our time is done because Jennifer, I pleaded. I didn't really plead, but I pleaded last week about Jennifer trying to get a job and she did this week everything just worked out really great super blessed um not a huge religious person but maybe this whole experience will make me one but Jennifer got a job I'm not going to say where yet because I don't want to jinx it uh because technically the the dotted line has not been signed but super excited for her to uh get this opportunity as well for a change you know, the change wasn't a needed change. We didn't want to leave. We weren't looking to leave. And it just, it's just the way that the cookie crumbled, the way the cards fell, the way the dominoes fall, you know, all these uh, cliches, all that kind of stuff. But we're super excited uh, for the new opportunity, super excited to move into the Tomball area, be in the Klein district uh, and, you know, all that good stuff. Still in Harris County, still those stupid Harris County taxes. We thought we got, a, got away with those, or got away from them, not a, got away with them, but uh, got away from them and we didn't. So anyway, we're, we're back. We're back, Harris County. So uh, this week I've got the elusive Tim Unrow. Tim is one of those guys that is not, he does not feel worthy of our time. He does not think that uh, we want to hear from him. And I, I completely disagree. I think there is a large audience, in my opinion, maybe you'll prove me right or wrong, that wants to know what Tim Unroe thinks and why his theater and shows are the way they are. And I'm going to tell you, you don't get the answer in this podcast, in this episode. You get to know Tim Unroe. Don't get me wrong. We sat down and face-to-face, finally, uh, amongst beverages and food, and we had a really good time. And I got to know Tim really, really well, uh, I think. Um, I've gotten to know Tim over the past, I guess, year. It's crazy. Of of all the people that I didn't think I would get to know during a worldwide pandemic, uh, I got to know Tim Monroe actually a little better. So I had a great time with him. Now, I will say a couple things. Tim and I are similar. We have very similar personalities. Uh, you're going to hear Tim say some very tongue-in-cheek things that might not read that way on a podcast. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. If you know Tim, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's Tim. Uh, so just, you know, take that for what you will. But it was very fun. Uh, super funny guy. Uh, dry, 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 dry. Uh, the Sahara is uh, kind of jealous of his uh, sense of humor. That's what my father used to tell me. Uh, but uh, 
anyway, it was a lot, a lot of fun. And also the other thing is you're going to hear at the very beginning, we're talking about baseball off the mic. Before I start recording, we're talking about baseball. And so you hear us uh, reference that we will, we will reference that right at the top. So I didn't want you to be lost, but Tim is a huge baseball fan or was a huge baseball fan and is still a fan. Uh, you'll hear him talk about that a little bit, but, um, we, we just started by discussing that we ate, we had a couple of libations beforehand and, uh, uh, and then I, I hit record and we went off and running. It wasn't, wasn't anything inappropriate. Uh, we didn't have that many libations, but, uh, we, we did have a couple just to kind of hang out like buzz and, uh, have a good time. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, make sure you are subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want to subscribe. Go follow me on Twitter at Mr. Blake Miner. Become my friend on Facebook, whatever it is you want to do. And I am shamelessly now including Cash App and Venmo in the profile. I've been advised to do that because I'm not doing ads. I'm not running ads in this podcast. I'm not looking to make money off of this podcast. But, you know, if you like what you hear and you you want to motivate me to make content, because I'm not going to lie, it's getting more and more difficult to reach out to people to make content. Um and I would love recommendations on content. I know that TXCTA has thrown my uh, link into the newsletter, and I appreciate that. But I would love, if you're new to this, throw out some people that you'd like to hear. Uh, and uh, I would love to try to get them on and get to know them and see what I can get out of them in the world of Texas theater education. So, yeah, that's my kind of like sort of elementary elevator pitch, I guess, if you will. So, I hope everybody has a good week. I hope if you are out for summer vacation, you are taking full advantage of that and just raging. I hope you have a great, wonderful week. Enjoy this week's interview with the elusive Tim Unrow. Uh, well, we were just talking about the Astros. The honest truth is, is I didn't know. I didn't know that I wanted to teach. I didn't know too much about theater, really, right. at all. Um, I just didn't, like... I was going to possibly coach baseball or coach football, uh, and at that point in my life, up until now, like I didn't want to be outside. Right. And so I hate being hot. It's not that indoor football league. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The uh, and so I was like, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to coach, and so I'll do theater. Right. And that's pretty much the but, thing. But did you do theater when you were a kid? Like, did you were you an athlete that did? Well, when I was in high school, the, my theater teacher like recruited the football players yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and whatever. And so, basically, because of baseball and football, I did like one theater show a year. Got to my senior year, and uh, got to my senior year and uh, tore my rotators cup and it's one of those things where it's like like when you're in high school up until a point it doesn't really occur to you that like you can do something different it's just like I've been playing sports all my life and when I tore my rotators cup it gave me sort of time it was towards the end it was during baseball so it was in the spring semester and, and sort of thought to myself I don't actually like this anymore like so but you're a right brain are you do you consider yourself right brain i don't actually know the what is right brain was so right brain? brain is like a design like you see the world in kind of a design artistic kind of way no so you're more math uh uh 
geometric. Uh, you, okay, no. When you, when you do a lighting design, <laughs> this will answer my. This is tough. When you do a lighting design, is your plot symmetrical, or is it I put a light where I need a light? Um, <laughs> kind of both, and I, I don't mean I don't mean to like be difficult about it, uh, but the. Um, like when it comes to like designing and things like that, like I do plan out like what I'm gonna do. Um, and the, the answer to the unspoken question is: Is it symmetrical? It's always symmetrical. And then you build off of that. And then sort of build off of build off of that. But like when I went to like basically, um, I I've done a. a when I graduated from high school, I still didn't know where I wanted to go and did like a musical. A friend of mine was like, you should come do this musical. And I was like, I don't know anything about musicals. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't really. Why I don't did that to... friend think you were? I think she was just looking for somebody to hang out okay. with during the summer. And I was like, I don't know. She's like, well, there'll be a lot of girls there. Be, there's a lot of parties yeah. and this sort yeah, of yeah. thing. And this was back in the day when the Com or Cobb's Mainland musical was right. still a fairly big deal and was Mark um, Adams or pre Mark it was pre Mark Adams. It was when uh, Reggie Schwander was there. Uh, but and so I was like, nah, what the fuck? You know, the went and audition made it into the thing and this guy this guy uh, that ran the program there was like, You should come to school here and I was like, I don't know, I need to ask my parents and he was like, we'll give you a full scholarship. And uh, and so I did that, but I didn't really have any sort of connection to theater or anything else. And didn't really, still at the time, didn't really consider myself like a theater, like a theater kid. And uh, a couple of years, you know, a year and a half later, um, he, um, now I love seeing theater, but I didn't really, anyway. Uh, the, there was a job that, like a gig that came open at Clear Lake High School. They they did this thing called the Senior Musical, and they asked him to direct it. And he was like, "I don't want to do it. I've done it a million times. You should do it." And I was like, "I don't know anything about directing. Like, I literally don't know anything." He was like, "What difference does it make?" And I was like, "Okay." And so at the time, I was just dating Amy, my lady friend, my wife, uh, and asked her to choreograph it, and we did that. And I sort of enjoyed being around the kids and things like that. But still didn't know anything about theater. And sort of long story short, uh, went to U of H um, uh, in theater and basically convinced uh, them to not make me take any theater classes. <laughs> and so, the, and so I, I graduated with a theater degree, but I only took theater like maybe three theater classes. Remember what there. classes you took? I took uh, a Doc Berger class or no? No. Um, I took a uh, introduction to scenic design. Okay. Um, Is I that took, a mittens? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it was okay. mittens was my my counselor person. Right. He's the guy I talked into not making me take any theater classes. <laughs> um, the I took I took intro theater and I think that was Kevin Rigdon. Okay. I took uh, directing one, and that was uh, uh, Carolyn Boone. Okay. And um, in a lettering class. Okay. Was from, Rigdon, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's it. The the rest <laughs> of them, 
I took that lettering class. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, actually, I really enjoyed I it because it was sort of isolary. Oh, no. And no. Uh, the, the worst part about the intro to scenic class is that you'd have to do your shoebox set or yeah. tear it or whatever. Yeah, tear and then everybody would yeah. sit around and talk shit about your thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I hate I hate this. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't care. And uh, Ryan Heitzman was in my class. Okay. And uh, he tore my ass up. And I was like, screw you, Ryan. Screw you, Ryan Heitzman. Uh, what does that guy know? But what yeah, does he know? I can't imagine how many Terra Novas. Like, I, like, I need to get Kevin on here to just talk about Terra Nova. Yeah. Just like, like, bro, you've seen thousands. Of well, shoebox sets, uh, <laughs> you know, probably like, hot glue sticks uh, like, taped together. Yeah. I'd love to just hear who he thinks had the best and who had the worst. And like, did Taren, is Taren over really the barometer? Yeah. <laughs> Can you design? <laughs> like, anyway. um, but uh, in sort of in all that, like that, I enjoyed. What were you taking? What were you ta like? What was? What were you getting credits in? Same shit everybody else, you know, like history. I mean, okay, so you did like, you have like a history minor or something? Or? No. Oh, okay. okay, so history too? I, basically what I did was I took education classes and got a minor in education, but I didn't, at the time, I just got married, um, and then after we got married, you hear that, America? <laughs> after we got married, uh, 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 Amy found out she was pregnant with Nathan and was like, I just need to get out. And so I didn't student teach, I emergency certified and just minored in education. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Wow. All right. Yeah, so you, you never really got into it. <laughs> now, well, the, the funny story is, that, like, I took... I walked into, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff left out of this, but I don't want to run on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but basically, left College of England, went to McNeese on a full scholarship uh, in theater. Um, and uh, a couple of things. One, I was dating Amy and missed her and wanted to come home. Two, I can't live in Louisiana. Uh, three, I took, like, I started, I went to, like, the first day of a movement class. I was like, oh, hell no. Yeah. And uh, walked out of it. Uh, and that, that upset the, the people that were providing me the scholarship. And then the second part of that was I got cast in the show, and it was, uh, it was uh, Irene Ryan something. And um, and got nominated for some award thing, uh, and I was supposed to go to Washington to do all this. And I was like, I'm not going to Washington. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back to Carolina. They didn't like that. Uh, they did not like that. And they said, Well, this is the first time, and you know, forever. I don't know what the date was that somebody's been nominated. I was like, I couldn't give a shit. I was yeah. like, I'm this weekend. I'm going home. Is that on your resume still, though, that you were nominated for that award? Yeah, no. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know. I don't even know if anybody knows that. My mom and dad don't even know. Uh, uh, I was just like, I'm not doing it. And then towards the end of that semester, I uh, had played a prank on some people that were in my dorm. And so half of my scholarship was an academic scholarship, and half of it was theater. And so I was in the academic honors college and it basically crawled through the sort of ceiling tiles of this dorm and set up this practical joke and this practical joke uh, 
uh, got water all over the place and ruined some guy's paintings or something. And the dean, I was like, do not tell my parents, yeah. uh, please. I was like, if, if the goal is to get me out of McNeese, problem solved. Yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was like, well, I've got to punish you somehow. And I was like, you know, do what you will. Just don't go my parents. I'm leaving. It's not that big a deal. And I had to serve breakfast to, they had like midnight breakfast from 12 to 4 a.m. That was your punishment? Yeah. Uh, and so I put on the plastic hat and uh, slung eggs for a week in Lake Chuck. Wow. Uh, and then left there, and because I needed a place to go to school, I'd gotten another full scholarship to go to uh, U of H Clear Lake. It was an academic thing. I uh, didn't like that sort of vibe. It was a weird place to go. Got another scholarship. This time I was working for the football team at U of H, yeah. running handheld camera uh, and like traveling and for the coaches show and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. super cool. So um, when you, man, you know, because I just applied for jobs, you know, obviously, and uh, you have to like disclose the, the schools you went to. Yeah. Do you, do you only? I'm gonna need another blank. <laughs> I'm gonna need some time. Yeah. I Actually, like... I found like uh, this. The uh, I'm gonna segue into to, to Nathan. Like basically, yeah. Nathan applied for his first job. Yeah. And um, and got it. Right. And he and I were talking about interviewing for jobs. I was like, I've never interviewed for a job I didn't get. Right. Thanks, but uh, uh, I never interviewed for a job. It's like no pressure, fathead. You know. Uh, uh, and so uh, he he just interviewed for his first job yeah, and, and basically. Well, he's that. he's a charismatic kid. I mean, like. I I'm glad you say that. Like, uh, you'll find out. Soon, yeah. uh, your girls are not quite in high school, right? No, not yet. Almost okay. nine, almost five. Okay, so they're they're super duper fun yeah. when they're little, right. and then they become less fun right. when they get into right. high the school. Fun, yeah, oh, the fun is already with my oldest. There's less fun. Already. Yeah, and then when they get into college, like, yeah. like they're they're expensive. They're not any fun at all. <laughs> um, and yeah. uh, it's like a house bill. Yeah, yeah. and uh, because. Developmentally, they're all sort of sociopaths at that point in their uh, their career. But it's awful, and it just like it just feels a lot like you're paying for a couch that you don't like. Uh, it's already been urinated on. Yeah, it's like. So then you get it from but, Aaron. But you're proud of him for. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So why did why did he do? He's clearly a theater kid. Okay, so. The funny thing about that is not the same path that you took at all, really. Well, you know, this is gonna sound awful for a theater podcast, but I don't, I'm not a fan of theater people. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, no, I, okay. I understand. That. Uh, and so and, the and I'm the host of the podcast. Yeah, I, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when Nathan, when Amy is pregnant. Uh, I was just like, I hope he's a band kid, you know, and like band kids historically. You know, carry water jugs, smell like the outside. Like, I'm not a fan of band kids necessarily, but I was like, I do not want him to be a theater kid. Um, and when he was maybe four or five, we were doing um, uh, Music Man at uh, Pearland High School, and we needed a Winthrop. And of course, his grandmother was politicking hard for him to get the job. I was like, 
I really don't want him to be a theater send kid. In a, send in a recommendation uh, letter and everything. Yeah, <laughs> the weird thing about Nathan is that um, uh, he's got like photographic memory when it comes to um, like melodies and things right. like that. Like musically, uh, he's quite gifted. Right. Uh, even though because he went to U of H, they beat it. They beat the musical out of him right. there, but. Um, Anyway, so he played the Winthrop thing. I'll send you a clip of the video later, and um, and he was he was really good. And then from then on, that's kind of what he was going to do. And the truth of the matter is, is when he was born, this was before I was teaching, but still directing the senior musical over Clear Lake. And a part of my contract was, you know, I need a room uh, so I can set up his bed. And so even when we were doing that, it's like at eight o'clock. I'd give the kids a seven-minute break. We'd go put Nathan down in bed in, his, in what was basically a choir practice room. He had a bed set up and everything. And so he's grown up in one theater or another for his, you know, basically entire life. He's a, he's always been sort of into it, and honestly, is probably you know like forgotten more about theater than most people will ever know. Um, uh, but I'm super duper super duper excited to, to see what he does and how he does it yeah. and, and things like that. I mean, it's, it's a good school where he's going, Yeah, so they've got well, a lot of pedigree. Here's the thing, the, right before I left to come here, my wife was like, don't talk shit about the Woodlands to Blake. <laughs> it's like, the true story. I'm not going to the Woodlands. Well, I mean, I'm going to teach in the Woodlands. Well, the, the, the Woodlands Street yeah. was you're going to Woodlands. I was like, I, thought, no, I hate that place. Just, no, John, the John Cooper School. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and so to me, it's like the Woodlands is like Dallas South. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the Woodlands, you mean the Woodlands proper. Like, mm -hmm. the, yeah, no, no, no. Again, we're living in Tom Ball. Okay, you know, that's like, fine. So, you get a pass yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. I'm not going to talk shit. So, so you hate Dallas? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> and so uh, we went up yeah. there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Or more than a couple weeks ago, to to watch uh, Matt and Corbin at the state contest, and to sort of we, we drove up to uh, to Keller to sort of look right. around. It looks like a super nice place, yeah, and right. the school we didn't go in, uh, but the school is like gigantic, right. like yeah. gigantic. Yeah. And so yeah. um, I think that probably his plan is to you know teach you know five. To, Eight years and then go to grad school, sure. and, yep. and so we'll see. We'll yeah, see how all that good. turns out. Is he? Uh, are, are you? Do you hate him a little bit more or like him less because he's going to be uh, living in Dallas, or do you? Are you? Do you trust your child not to fall into the no. the pit that is? No. The, <laughs> okay, so Nathan, not to not to. Uh, uh, take over your podcast, You're, but like take it over. the Texans are a total and complete dumpster fire. And right, I told right, you a second ago, right. like we're season ticket holders, and yeah. I grew up on the Oilers, the Texans, and every time the Texans suck, which has been a few times in Nathan's lifetime, yeah. uh, he's like, I'm gonna be a Seattle fan, I'm gonna be a San Diego Chargers fan. I'm like, what do you think about San Diego? Like they're literally worse than the Texans, asshole. The, um, <laughs> And um, and so I'm afraid that he's going to go up there and become a Cowboys fan. So I'll tell you this, because I, I lived a, a year of my life in Dallas courting my wife. 
and luckily it works because I got it back here. Right? The power of love. Good yeah, job, yeah. man. Yeah, thanks. Well played. So I will tell you this: the one thing that Dallas has that Texas or that Houston doesn't, when it comes to their sports, better sports radio. Their sports radio game is like on a completely different level, and so it makes you you listen to it and you're like, okay, all right, come on, Rangers. Like, and, and then you and then. You stop listening. And you that would that be the trip. worst. Yeah, you like I could almost trip. live with him being a Cowboys fan, but, but if he became a Rangers fan, yeah, and and you you start to like believe in that stuff, and then you realize, oh my God, what what was brainwashing me? Yeah. yeah, then you realize they don't even have feeders on the freeways here. Right, these people, <laughs> right. undateable. Everybody in Dallas. <laughs> now your wife's well, from Dallas. She is. She is. But uh, I mean, it took a while for me to fall in love. It wasn't love yeah. at first sight. So you know, it's kind of a, a growing love, if you will. Still growing. It'd be tough. <laughs> Amy, Amy, Amy cut her hand uh, yeah. yesterday, really bad. And uh, like, I've got a hard rule. It's like, if you're missing a leg, done. Yeah. Right. You know, the, if like, you know, and you have something. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Yeah. yeah the, I'm not gonna be, you know, yeah. married to somebody that's missing right. a foot. Uh, <laughs> duh. And so she was like. Uh, I think it's infected, and I was like, look at it. Clock's yeah, ticking. You better you wrap it up, uh, do what you got to do. But fingers are the same as toes, are the same as... Uh, I, I want to go back to the Oilers thing. Yeah. Uh, were you, so did you understand, or were you angry when they left? Mm. Angry. Yeah. Uh, they, they left, and I think it was right after I sort of like graduated high school. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, and so angry. And the weird, the weird thing is, is um, I love the like Nashville. I think you and I talked about yeah. the last one. But the, um, and so when when the Texans play um, uh, Tennessee, we would yeah. go up there and watch the games. Yeah. And um, and we were sitting out there drinking beer, hanging out, you know, before the game. And of course, I'm you know head to toe and uh, in Texan stuff. And some some Texans guy comes up to me and he's like, "You're a Texans fan?" I was like, "Duh." And uh, he was like, "Here you go." And he handed me a field pass. Um, and so I was like, "That's really cool. Thank you." And so I went on the field and watched them warm up, whatever. And um, they they take all of those people, and then you have to go back up to the stands when the game starts. So I'm waiting for the elevator to take me back up. And uh, the elevator door opens opens up, and it's Bud Adams. And I was like, Ugh, I cannot. This is my chance. If I'm if I'm ever going to assault somebody, um, this I'm probably quick enough. Uh, he was in a wheelchair, right. and uh, and I had the appropriate amount of hire towards him. And so, not a fan of Bud Adams. Was not a fan of of him. You know, taking the scene and the. For, for a couple of years, I was an accountant for the Landry's Corporation, and uh, Bud Adams would, still lived in Houston, uh, even though the team was in Nashville, and he would land his helicopter on like Landry's corporate office and, uh, and sort of get through. Now, anytime that would happen, they would sort of clear the, clear the deck and say, you'd never see him, but I was like, I cannot stand this guy. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, you know, where, where I'm about to be teaching, they were, when I was interviewing, they were giving me the laundry list of, like, the kids of 
celebrity, quote unquote celebrities that go to the school. And the only one that stuck out to me was AJ Nick. Oh really? Yeah. And uh, his his one of his kids has recently uh, uh, graduated. Yeah. The other one is still at the school. It's like, and so his oh, family still lives here like in Houston. Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I like AJ Hitch. He's not Bud Adams. Oh, for me. sure. Oh, I, I love the man. But but I just I found that to be interesting that they there's still a, some people still keep Houston. Chris Paul still has a Houston home. You know, like. Well, actually, a lot of professional athletes have houses no here. Taxes. Yeah, yeah, the taxes. Yeah. So uh, when I was, I think, a senior in high school, we went trick or treating in the C. No, not Sienna. In the oh man, what part of it was part of Sugarland? Wealthy part of Sugarland. I don't remember what part. And we knock on the door, and the, the woman opens up the door and hands us candy. But we can see pictures of Shaquille O'Neal in the background. Yeah. And so I, my loud mouth is like. Why are you such a fan of Shaquille O'Neal? She's like, That's, it's my, it's my boyfriend. Now, I, I don't know, like, I thought he was married. I, you know, I don't, I okay. didn't want to, I didn't want to pry. Out Shaquille O'Neal's side piece. He could sue me for all two hundred dollars on her. But no, he has a house in Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if it's like, those Do you hear that, Stuart? Yeah. He has a house in Berlin. All these, all these athletes. The humidity doesn't bother them at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, trying to yeah, trying to move. Anyway, but uh, it, it's just that, that's kind of crazy to me that some of those guys are yeah. like they're still Houstonians, even though I know they this is house one of eight. Fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So uh, well, right outside more, of our neighborhood, more generous than I am. <laughs> the, there's a guy that lives right right across the street, not across the street like we live in a track home subdivision, yeah. but that, uh, but across the street from our subdivision, there's a basketball player um, that has. What could best be described as a compound right. there, yeah. um, and uh, but I can't remember who it is. It's not Camarillo Anthony. It's it's an uh, Yeah, but are you are you a Rockets fan at all? Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. I, just, uh, I don't know if your allegiance with baseball, football, maybe. Well, the, to be honest, I haven't been a Rockets fan since they had Harden. I didn't yeah. like. I never liked Harden. Oh, you didn't I like Harden. Never liked Harden. Why is that? Uh, you know. And you would understand this. Being raised with the Otis Thorpe, Vernon Maxwell type people that were selfless and like were crisp and like really just good at the fundamental element of basketball. Yeah. Harden Rosen. Harden, yeah. Harden could shoot. Harden was he is potentially one of the best scorers right you know during his time. I'm glad you said it like that. Like, but, he's but, a great scorer. He's not what I would call a pure shooter. He's a lazy passer. Yeah. You know, like it's just it's just like I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I was never a fan. Of, I was just never a fan. Of. Uh, but, I, but I'll say going to a Rockets game, um, because, like, if you go to a Texans game, that's like four to six hours out of your day. Yeah, so like, you can literally yeah. go to a Rockets game, a do it in two and a half hours. It's a good time. And so, Amy uh, loves, loves going to Rockets yeah. games. Um, now, they're literally awful. Yeah. Sports in Houston right now. Yeah. It's a total train wreck. Well, yeah, the, the Astros are not great, but they're not bad. Yeah. Well, and they would be, they'd actually be pretty good if the bullpen wasn't in oh, yeah. that shit. Yeah. If they could get somebody to pitch the seventh and eighth inning, yeah. they'd be great right now. But unfortunately, that's part of the game. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're, the bullpen is tragic. Uh, all right. So, I, I have to ask you about, because I know it gets you fired up, because last time we hung out, the only thing you got fired up about was the Congo. 
<laughs> so as a, as a lighting person uh, and on the record, you know, uh, uh, this sounds cheesy the way I'm asking you, but I gotta, I gotta, we have to explore the re like. So here's what I'm, con what I'm, what's confusing is you're not, you're not really a theater person. No. Uh, and I totally understand that because, like, so go. Not, to, I don't want to keep this about me. It, it should be about you. No, I have I'm still waiting for the wisdom part of minor to come out. But you know, <laughs> so is everybody. You better rebind this I keep meal. Them so. every, every, every week. They're just Super waiting, disappointing. Just waiting. But uh, I was the kid that knew like the number of the jersey to the lineman on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. You know, like I just knew all these like. Stupid Are you from facts. there? No, okay. I'm just, I, I've used Buffalo, I don't know why Buffalo popped in my head, but no, I just knew all these really uh, unnecessary facts about sports, yeah. right? I wasn't an athlete, but I was, I was a number, I, I knew everything about sports when I was a kid. Now I, you know, to an extent, but not as much. But anyway, the reason I say that is because as you're that guy as a theater person, it feels like to me, like you know stuff about theater, yeah. you're not really... It's not really your thing, you yeah. Know, like, like. Uh, well, I mean, I've done it for a long time, and so. The, but for some reason, you have a reputation. And I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm here to debunk that reputation. The, <laughs> obviously, I did theater for a long time. And like theater to me, like you'll see on Facebook, right? All these people, it's like the world needs more artists yeah. and all this stuff. It's like that's horseshit. The world doesn't need more yeah. artists. The the world needs. Couple more doctors, right. maybe a politician that doesn't suck. Yes. Uh, the world needs a lot of things before it needs artists, yeah, and right. so it's like I'm not really an artist, and I think that theater is like the only profession that's like if you like it, you can say you are. Like right. if you love baseball, you can't say you're a baseball player. Right. Uh, if you love the law, you can't really just say you're an attorney right. uh, or a doctor. Heaven forbid. Right. It's like you love yeah. medicine, right. blood, bones, whatever. Express. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's like the. Uh, but but theater seems to be the only thing. It's like I can't paint, right. uh, and so I shouldn't really be able to call myself an artist. And it's like the you know in my life I've done three or four things right in the theater right. world, but I've done 400 million things wrong. You know. Why do you think you have success? Well, I don't even know. Like it depends on. I guess success is relative. Uh, but we were unsuccessful in UIL more than we were successful. Uh, I don't know. The, like for me, you know, the, if you you teach kids to show up on time, you teach kids to work as hard as they possibly can, you teach kids to uh, love each other, then uh, if you do all that, then you'll be in the room in theater. But if you do all that, if you do all that, you'll be in the room in the baseball team. If you do all that, you'll be in the room for just about anything. And so. The, um, and so that's really what we were teaching is, you know, show up on time, work hard, love the person next to you. Um, and so it just happened, theater was the, the, the delivery device for that. Now there are people in this world that are artists and I don't begrudge them anything, like the world needs them. You know, the, um, like Stewart is an artist, like he's really good at uh, Yale. It's bullshit, right? He didn't. But fun fact, he didn't go to Yale. Uh, he was uh, he was at Pitt. Yeah. About when Goodwill Hunting came out, 
Uh, he got a job right. as custodian at Yale. Right. He's nothing without Nighttime. Nighttime custodian at Yale, would scribble a bunch of shit on the board, just made more work for the morning custodial crew. Uh, that doesn't mean you went to Yale. Uh, yeah, call yourself an artist. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I keep looking at the microphone. Like it's going to respond. Like it, like it can see me. It's like, obviously, oh, you can't see my oh, eye patch. Steward will reply. Yeah. I, I doubt he'll listen to this. Uh, he's, heard, he's heard it all before. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, so, could you see yourself doing sports now? Coaching? Uh, no, because... Because I'm looking for a coach right now for my daughter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she needs a hitting coach. No, because the, my dispassion for being outside was real. Like, when I texted you, I got yeah, here before yeah. you did a little bit, that I was like, outside or inside? I was oh, just being nice. Yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. you said outside, I would have... You would have left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm here to meet a guy. That, I almost uh, left. This, this place is empty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I I, I, I totally understand. The, yeah. Part of the part of the only reason right now that I'm like, well, oh, you know, I got to leave the outside option open is because of the freaking pandemic. Like, yeah. You know, like, like I don't know how many people are. What a train. Yeah. 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 So, but uh, as we sit inside, not socially distanced from anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Coughing on. Yeah. Texas was just, super just, ready to throw down the mask. Well, what's awesome. So I'm a huge wrestling fan, as you yeah. know. Okay. Jay, so Jay fun Thomas. fun yeah. fact number two. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jay was like, uh, we, I was going to do something with Jay. He was like, Ken, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. I was like, shut up. You're doing a podcast? Uh, what do you do? And it's about, about uh, Buddy. Buddy. The, it's about wrestling. I was like, I used to, like, when I was a kid, I would go to the, the Coliseum, watch uh, Paul Bosch and, you know, that whole thing. I was like, that's awesome. And then Jay told me when the podcast came out. Uh, and he said, he asked me later if I listened to it, and of course I said yes, uh, but which is a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. it's a total lie. Yeah. No, that's okay. I mean, I have, the, I have the algorithm to set up to see when you listen and when you don't. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, I don't even remember why I said that. Uh, why did I bring you into it? <laughs> why did I? We were talking about the Congo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the Congo has nothing to do with wrestling. But, uh, okay, so the Congo. All right. Here's my thing. Um, this past year, I spent on a, a cam sis, which is a, I believe, an English board. I believe. Okay. And I, when I sat down at it, I hated it. Right? Yeah. And so I'm trying to lead myself into telling you how how much I appreciate your struggle, or maybe not struggle. Uh, but I learned it, and I, I was like, okay, this is kind of a, a cute little powerful board. It's, I mean, it's it's no bigger than this. It's yeah. one of those, and that's where everything is leading. Even soundboards right now are yeah. turning into the smaller the better. Uh, how many buttons can I press to create more channels? That kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I, I I've never said this on here, but and I, I think I've told you this. But I I competed at your school when I was with Pam Wilson at Morton Ranch. And you, the, the, the introduction I had to you, other than email, was you were sitting behind your Congo board. And at that time, I was a punk kid that thought everything, I thought I knew everything about light boards and lights and everything. I didn't. Actually, that day you came to the school, the, I went out and bought a pair of shoes exactly like you were wearing the really? next day. Yeah. Besides, I got mine in blue, yours were in black, black and white. Okay. I was like, I didn't know that. I like that those part shoes. I didn't yeah, know. yeah. Uh, True story. But uh, it's good to know. You hear that, and, America? And True story. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I, I remember <laughs> thinking like, because you said to me, this is where I, 
this is part of my punk fitness. Uh, you said, hey man, if you need some help, you know, programming your cues, let me know. I, I think we sent you the cues and you programmed, but yeah. you were saying if you need help editing. And I was like, no, I got this. And I sat down on the board and I was like, holy shit, no, I don't have this. And I, I think eventually Pam got onto me and I, was, I had to like call you over and be like, Mr. Unroe, yeah. <laughs> would you? <laughs> so. Well, okay, so here, here's the thing like with the Congo, like we had, we were getting an upgrade in lighting at Paraland as uh, We're getting some moving lights, and the, it was one of the—I wouldn't say it's the first, but it was one of the first schools that were that were getting like a big stock of moving lights. Um, <laughs> and at the time, the Express series, Express Expression, all that—it hadn't gone away, but they were they were doing away with it. And you couldn't run all this stuff on an express. In the expression, they said you shouldn't get this because it's it's going to be obsolete. Well, kind of at the same time, high end had sort of moved. They they didn't abandon the hog board, but but they had moved into the studio color, the studio wash, the studio two fifties, the Xbox, and it, it had reached the end of that. You know, and they didn't have any R and D uh, going on. It was right before High End took a big dip, um, and the, and so at the time it was really before the dawn of the Grand MA. It was before the Ion. It was before the EOS. It was before like Hog Four or really Hog Three, which brought yeah, them back or in. Hog Three, yeah. The and so uh, ETC said. We just bought this company out of Europe. I think it was called Avab, and this is what we're selling until we get the Ion and the EOS ready. Well, I'd never used use I'd, I'd never used moving lights. I didn't know anything about it other than that's I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so they gave us a, uh, a Congo board, and like if you look at the serial number on our Congo board, I told you this before, it was like zero 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 four. It was like the fourth one off the production line, and. At the time, like it didn't it didn't make any difference to me that it was hard to use because you were gonna I, learn something. yeah I didn't know I didn't know anything about anything um, I didn't know anything about anything and uh, Strand Strand was uh, about to get bought by Philips like the the lighting the console world was about to flip and it just hadn't done it yet and so they sent me this thing. Even the guys at Stage Light at the time, like they didn't know how to use it, and they fucked with this thing for three or four hours. And I basically, like, like it was Jerome and Devlin at the time. I was like, "Y'all get out of here. Let me just jack with it." And at the time, like we built, we built the sets for our musicals over Christmas break. So we were, we had worked from 9 a.m. to about 10 p.m. I'd let the kids go, grab something to eat, go back up to the school, and from like 11 till like three or four in the morning, just just trying to figure out how to use this thing um, and like like right now if, if I were like go change the oil in your car like you you would have some sort of concept as to what it was but if you had never seen a car before you'd be like what am I doing it was before it was really before YouTube as well but, and so I just sort of taught myself how to use this board and so the big the big thing behind it isn't isn't the functionality of the board like the board can literally do anything 
the issue with the Congo and the Cobalt that came behind it was the syntax of it. Like in an Express, it was channel one at full, channel one at 50, uh, record cue one, and the Congo was was what they called reverse Polish or whatever, which was uh, one channel full at. Instead of channel one at full, it was one channel full at. But once, once you figured out the sort of syntax of it all, it was fine, and because that's the only thing that I'd ever, I'd ever known. Like you said, I'm a lighting person. I'm not really a lighting person. Like I like messing around with it, um, but but I don't know. Like I'm not educated in lighting, and certainly just about anybody that knows. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's like a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so and so I had that Congo. I you know we basically. But you became kind of like the IT. Well, once, once they come out with the EOS Ion, that whole line, ETC jumped ship on it. They yeah. were, nobody there liked it because they all grew up in the express world. They didn't want to learn how to use it. And they were convinced this thing was a piece of shit, but it, it really wasn't, it really wasn't. Like, and so my issue, like with the Ion and all that, is that it wants to work like the express. Like it's a tracking board um, and like, like you've worked in high school as long enough, you know, it's like, it's, it's very rare that you have times like, this is my lighting plot, this is my magic sheet, these are the cues that I want to run, you know, the, like basically you chunk something up there and you record the show in game, like, you know, you're doing it during a tech rehearsal or something, you're changing stuff, and the, the Ion and the EOS, they're, it's, it's literally terrible for that, like as long as you're recording in an order, um, and you don't need submasters or anything like that. It'll do. It, it does fine. But the, but like Hog, uh, Grand MA, <laughs> in Congo is good about. You can do anything. Right. You can set it up any way you want, and you can run it and like a DJ. And your, and your dance teacher who doesn't know who doesn't know exactly what cues they want, but they know they want or yeah, they yeah. want red <laughs> and blue at some point, like. You can program it all so that and in and out of order. Uh, you can call up things. You can move things in. You know, it's like dance shows. The for most dance shows, the you know, I I usually record somewhere between 150 to 300 cues for a dance show, right? Well, it's only 150 to 300 cues because it's really 600 to 1,000 cues. But I can do it in 150 to 300 because I can move and wiggle and uh, dynamic effects and stuff, clear out of that and go to the next queue. And so basically, I'm just reporting setups all the way through. And so, you know, ETC, the, when some like they sold a shit ton of these things to like churches and people, they didn't know how to use it or if something would go wrong, they, they would call me and say, hey, we've got this, and I was like, ah, oh, it's a video card. The pop off the top, blow in it, you know, it's just like an old, you know, DS cartridge or something, you blow in it, put it back in and go. Um, and when we just got an upgraded board at, at Deer Park High School, and I told Eric, I was like, I want a Congo. And he's like, I'm not selling you a Congo. I was like, fuck you, man. Like, that's what I want. And he was like, they don't even make them. And it sort of broke my heart. He's like, nobody wanted this thing besides you. And I was like, this board could literally do anything. Like, you could set it up like a tracking board and you could run it just like, you know, Death of a Salesman 1952. Or, like, everything's going now to moving lights, LEDs, yeah. like, uh, dynamic effects, things like that. The, the 
ion is the worst. And the, when I left Pearland to go to Dawson, the, I would go over there twice a week to show them how to use it. And they were convinced it was the board. And I kept telling them, I'm not going to mention any names, it's not the board. But it's like, you're just being lazy. Just yeah. learn. It's it's not record one at Q. It's uh, one Q record at. You know, my, my, uh, my wife has told me for many, many years, and I've got a couple other director friends, Destiny Miller being one of them. It's like, you know, in college, you never learn how, like, how to run a light board. Yeah. You know, unless you are the lighting person, they don't teach how to run a light board class. And with that, they uh, they don't teach that there are varieties. Yeah. Uh, so if you are a lighting kid, like let's say, you know, a modern day lighting kid is at a certain college with a certain light board, they rarely tell you, you know, there are other light boards out there yeah. that do other things and that speak in different languages and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, well, so and it's one of the things that I taught Nathan when he was little. Like, Nathan's been going to New York and London since he was three years old. Yeah. And, like, we always sort of stroll by to see what they're running back right. of the house. I always get them to look yes. up and, like, you know, look yeah, what's going on up here. And it's changed a lot. Yeah. You know, back in the day when they they had four or five, you know, Les Mises circling the country or whatever, it was an old, old stream board that ran all of those tours. And if, like, you look up in the balconies, they put... You know, these light trees up there and they'd have like Lico's from 1958 right. like there's a ton of lights you know like, really you only need 15 lights you yeah. just need 15 moving lights yeah. uh, but you know these old war horses the, they're like I like the light that uh, yeah. the 6 9 puts out and so there's four of those or something like that okay so two things on what you just said one is what they teach these kids in college like in in a friend of mine were, and I were texting back and forth about it. It's like the, they're they're trying to turn out artists. They're trying to you know, and so more than anything, what they they sort of teach them is this sort of mindset. In my opinion, that's sort of closed off to it, it doesn't make them expand. It makes them sort of uh, condense. You know, instead of saying everything is good, and uh, Stuart sharing this new musical that he found. Uh, with me the other day and he's like you probably won't like it I was like I love everything like I, I literally love everything I almost have never seen uh, a musical that I didn't like like when people go to one act play like you talk to people like oh, the blocking is this or this like all they're looking for is what they don't like um, instead of looking for you know something like there's always some kid up there that's doing something you can't teach yeah. another kid you know the, or even if their sort of vision is hid behind gray UIL whatever like somebody gave up three months of their life to do this and probably deserve a little bit better than us sitting like a bunch of jackasses in the audience sort of critiquing figuring out what they don't what they don't like about it and so to that point in college I wish they did more you know show them good theater and like let's talk about the things that work instead about the things that don't work uh, teach them how to use light board teach them how to use light boards plural the, the automated lights and what happens is they always have some lighting guy with some old dusty yeah. something that doesn't want uh, to teach them about LED lights because the old light this light provides a warmer whatever um, so that that's one thing I think that we do a disservice to the uh, disservice to the people that are uh, 
that, that we're educating. The second thing, uh, you mentioned Destiny Miller. Okay, so we went to the... Stages. Yeah. Her show was, it was great. Yeah. It was like yeah. great. Yeah. Amy said she cried. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Women, right? <laughs> Who needs Well, them? so, so, okay, <laughs> not to keep harping on this lighting thing, um, but I think, I, I'm convinced that one of the best things that ETC did for themselves was install this ETC net yeah. thing because it makes you... I mean, you could do, you could have other equipment in there, but really it's, it's designed so that you only use their equipment. Yeah. But one of the worst things for education is ETC Net. Because yeah. I love, I love the idea of your proscenium using, proscenium space using X life board and your black box space using Y life board because it gets kids, you know, not to sound like this nerdy educator, but it just gets kids to like learn two different worlds. I, I say that because when I started with Straight No Chaser, I used the Hog 2. And it became a popular term to call an early blackout a blakeout. And it wasn't that <laughs> it wasn't that I was didn't know the song or didn't know the cues. It was I didn't know the board well enough. Because yeah. I had never really messed with the Hog 2, but when I took the job, they're like, here's the board you have, good luck. And so I had three days of rehearsal to learn the ins and out of a Hog 2 and it was it was tough, you know, yeah. while programming. So I, I learned very quickly that when you go from one page to the next page, it just completely wipes out everything that was on the previous page. And so I would go. It is interesting with whiteboards how it's like whoever makes them, it's like you'll do something. And it's like, huh? Yeah. I wonder why they did that. Like yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's a reason. If you talk to them, it's an hour and a half podcast yeah. on. Well, it has to blank out because. Yeah. Of the, yeah. uh, but it's just. It's just like if he, it, it made me realize. I would have rather, because I, I learned at HSPBA, I learned, uh, uh, we had, I guess, expression, right? Was that white light blue? Yeah, yeah. So we, we had one of the first, because of Nick Phillips, because uh, of his hookups and his silver spoon in his mouth, but I don't think he listens, but I love Nick. But, um, he probably does. Yeah. But I, I actually was, told my mom, I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't on Sunday do the podcast. Schroeder, but, you know, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but anyway, but he... Uh, he got us hooked up with this Expression 3 when I was a, a, a sophomore, junior in high school. It was like one of the first times we ever had one of these. Before that, we're sitting there with fader after fader after fader. Yeah. You know, bring, you know, your, your, your little sheet that says, okay, Q1 is, okay, one at 60, and then you push this fader. <laughs> and then we jump into an Expression. Uh, but I only would ever learn on expression from that point on because then I went to UH and it was an obsession, which I don't know why they changed the name. It was an expression. It was but an extra white. Yeah, it was an ex super, yeah, not off white. Now we're at like super like real white. white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so my point is, is going on with that. I, I need you to say something profound so I can stop recording. Uh, is it time? Are we done? No, no. Okay. I, just, I just want to shoot the shit now. Uh, <laughs> I don't have anything profound. I'm sure this won't even air. Minor.